and welcome. This is the What If I Told You podcast, a show that lovingly invites you to a beautiful steak dinner, but stands you up in order to eat Taco Bell at home with no pants on. That's honestly, I mean, seems like a much better plan than a steak dinner. Who doesn't want to stay at home and eat Taco Bell with no pants on? I had Taco Bell last night, but I did have pants on, so that definitely put a damper on the experience, but it still yeah. slapped. You know, it. even when they get your order wrong. Yeah, my order was wildly wrong, um, but it didn't ruin my night. I feel like most items at Taco Bell kind of have a similar taste. Yeah. So. (laughs) Yeah. Even if they mix it up, it's really not that big of a deal. Yeah. Except when they put lettuce on my taco. That's a real problem for me, but I will just pick it off. Yeah. Maddie's a no shred kind of person. Yep. I'm seeing if we have a chips corner. I think we do. We very well should. He's had three weeks of episodes. Um... Some of these I really hesitate to say out loud to the world. Yeah, here, the Chip, we need to bring you back to our roots. We always ask you questions in episodes. We need you to answer our questions. <laughs> uh, everything he's said so far, I've just sent GIF reactions like this. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, let's pick one. Yeah, sure. And then we're going to have him committed. Yeah. Um, He said, Did you know people that are about to die tend to smell like flowers because of the cells breaking down? Hmm. Um, That's Chip's quarter. Thanks, Chip. Um, I actually really love smelling like flowers. All of the perfumes that I buy, I love to buy expensive perfume. Um, floral is a good way to go. Floral is always my go-to. Um, like Gucci Bloom. I have two different variations of Gucci Bloom, and I love that one. I find it hard, not too hard, but to get a good floral perfume that doesn't make you feel like an old lady. Mm. I have managed to, to find those. Uh, yeah. Ralph Lauren Romance is a good one. Okay. Because I like a light, fresh, floral scent. I also don't hate a citrusy smell. I'm more drawn to, like, the warm scents. Yeah. Like the, uh, what's the word they Like use? a black opium kind I, of. Yeah, I like black opium. But I also really like the like sweet scents like the one I have right now it's from Victoria's Secret it's like cream puff or some shit Mm -hmm. like that yeah I like that kind of shit I uh I wonder how people have how people pick the scents that they wear I don't know because I I know that some scents just don't work for some people right which is weird it's like a pheromone type of thing Yeah. I feel like when I try to wear like floral scents, it doesn't really stick to me that well. Mm -hmm. Like I sprayed, I sprayed my, I mean, I didn't spray perfume. I just sprayed body spray down before I left and I can barely smell it on me anymore. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if it just creates the illusion or what. It's yeah. I don't know. But I also like, 
For my house, it's different. I usually pick seasonal scents. Yeah. So some scents I will burn year round, like um, any type of like laundry scent. Mm. Oh yeah, I love A the clean laundry smell. Clean smell. So those anytime, any place, I will have it in my house. But like whenever I pick shampoo and conditioner or any hair product, lotion, body mist, perfume, I always pick floral. Because sometimes, like, if I go to Bath and Body Works and I'm picking, like, a body lotion, which I usually don't use scented body lotion anymore anyway because it just doesn't moisturize my skin. Mm -hmm. But if I'm going to pick something from there, like a lotion, I I'll try like the warmer smells and then I'm just like let me just pick this flower one instead yeah I like I sometimes like fruitier lotions Mm -hmm. like I don't use scented body lotion either not heavily scented I usually Mm -hmm. use hemp lotion Mm -hmm. which depending on which one you get it's like a little scented but for like hand lotion I really like their, like, shea butter one, which smells super good. hmm But, yeah, I don't know. I just don't usually even try to look at floral too much because I feel like it's useless to me. Yeah. My skin rejects it. Yeah. It's, it's a wild, it's a wild world out here with scents. Yeah. But there is one particular perfume that I currently own in a travel size. It's called Flower Bomb by Victor and Rolf. Mm-hmm. And I've been saying Flower Bomb, Victor and Rolf, to Dakota for weeks now because my birthday is in, like, one month. Yeah. So I want the full-size Flower Bomb by Victor and Rolf. Yeah. I'll let him know. What I need to – what I really need to do is just start, like, saying it into his phone. Yeah, and then he can get an ad for it. And then he'll just get ads for it. Yeah. And he'll be like, what the fuck is this? And I'm like, oh, that's, that's, how weird. That's the perfume that I love. (laughs) That's funny because a few weeks before my birthday, we were grocery shopping and we were by the bakery. Like, we weren't even looking at cake. We were just walking by it. And I was like, do you know what my favorite cake is? It's from, it's the cake from Nothing Bunt Cakes. And I like pulled up the website and showed him and he was like, Oh, okay. Is it the white chocolate raspberry? Fuck yeah, it is. Duh. Guess what I got for my birthday? Full size white chocolate raspberry bunk cake. Yeah. Dakota usually, he usually always, like, really nails it for my birthday. Like, but he also, (laughs) for the last several years has been gone on my actual birthday. Mm. He's he's going to be gone this year on my birthday. Fucking A, dude. Because La- he's been doing the traveling job for a year. Mm-hmm. So he was on a job last year on my birthday. This year, he is flying out the day before my birthday. God damn it. Or on my birthday. My birthday's a Monday, and he's flying that day to Pennsylvania for a job. I'll just have to step up. Yeah, you're going to have to take me on a date. Yeah. Um, and, like, the couple of years before that, him and, like, a couple of his friends 
go on a yearly motorcycle trip to Colorado. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of his friend's dad actually lives out there. So they stay with him in, like, right around Vail area. And uh, so they have to, like, work with his dad's schedule. Right. And for, like, two or three years in a row, that schedule included my birthday. God damn it. (laughs) Which doesn't, like, really bother me because, I mean, it is what it is. Like, he always, you know. We'll try again next year. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. But he always gets me something nice for my birthday. One year he ordered, because we we really loved the show Chef's Table on Netflix. Mm -hmm. And uh, Christina Tosi is a baker from New York City. She's not from New York City, but she owns Milk Bar. Yeah. in New York City and she makes these amazing cakes and he or- had one overnighted for my birthday. That is so precious. He said he spent more to have it shipped than the cake <laughs> than cost. Than the cake cost. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> but I that was a real show That's I mean that's love. Yeah because we watched Christina Tosi's episode of Chef's Table and how she started Milk Bar and she does like cereal milk. Mm-hmm. And makes, like, her ice cream, and the milk she uses for all of her cakes is cereal milk. Yeah. And we were both, like, obsessed with, like, the idea of cereal milk. Like, why why is she the first one that monetized this? But then on my birthday, I was like, fucking milk bar. I'm horrible at birthdays simply because I... Do not like waiting to give someone the gift that I've got them. Mm-hmm. It Brody's birthday is this Saturday, but I've g- already given him two of his four gifts. The first one I gave him like five fucking weeks ago. Why did I do that? I was yeah. just too excited. So now he has two gifts left open on his birthday, and one of them is the most boring one that I got. Which is why you didn't feel the need to give it to him anytime soon. Right. Right. One of them was the knife, which he desperately needed. Mm. And I was like, fuck it. Here. Did you go with a buck? Yeah, I did. Yeah. That's what my purchase. that's what my dad said. Yeah. Buck. He he loves it. So another one was a hat. Which I had to because okay. Brody is a hat guy. He probably has like sixty fucking hats, okay? Did did he need another hat? Absolutely not. But I got him one of a brand that he has. I know he likes, but obviously I got him a different one. And they shipped it, but he saw the box, and on the outside of the box had the brand on it, so he instantly knew what it was. Mm. And I was like, why do they have to do that? That really bothers me. They should really, uh, like, at least on the checkout form, they should have a box that says, is this a gift? Yeah, and I don't think they did. Yeah. Because I probably would have checked it. Yeah. So I was like, just open it. Because it's ruined now. Yeah. So whatever. I nailed it, but. You know, sometimes you just give people their gifts early. You know, Dakota always gets really excited around Christmas. And we can never, like, decide on a like set time that we're going to do our gifts with each other because like Christmas Eve 
we do like my mom and Dillard, my grandparents, his grandparents, and then Christmas Day is my dad. And then his mom is kind of a wild card. Like she never has one set time. Right. This past year, we went to my dad's on Christmas Day for for breakfast. We always do breakfast. And then we hung out there until, like, early afternoon and then went to his brother's. And mm-hmm. then that's when we had Christmas with his mom yeah. at his brother's on Christmas Day. So that you guys sh- have to squeeze yours in, like, yeah. anywhere so in between? Sometimes we do it, like, Christmas Eve night after we get back from our grandparents. And sometimes we do it on Christmas Day night. This is the most con- confusing verbiage. but Christmas Day night. Christmas Day in the evening. <laughs> But yeah, it's a he's always really excited about. I love giving gifts. Yeah. yeah. I always panic cuz I can't I can't think of good gift mm-hmm. ideas and I always second guess myself. Yeah. Um and I I mean, I'm always the type of person like I was talking to Brody about how I've basically like not ruined his birthday, but ruined it for myself on the gift giving front. I'm like, yeah, I mean, your other ones are just, you know, fucking boring and he's like they're, they're not boring. Like you still got me something, and I'm like, but they're boring, and so I really like think about it a lot. When I know that when I get something, if it's a single pair of socks, I'm like, fuck yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, you I know? always tell every year my grandma like puts a list on her fridge so at Thanksgiving, everybody writes like a gift idea on the fridge. I always put socks or gloves. You need socks. And she, this year, she got me fuzzy earmuffs. That's adorable. And gloves. And did I wear the fuzzy earmuffs to work on my very first day? Yeah, I did. Um, I guess we should let our listening audience know that all last week I was deathly ill. Um, Mm -hmm. I thought I was going to die. I didn't really think I was going to die, but it was the worst fucking cold I've had in a really long time. Mm-hmm. I went and got COVID tested, negative. So then I immediately felt like a dumbass for even feeling sick. Yeah, because these days, if you don't have COVID, you're not sick. Yeah. So no COVID, felt like ass. I, My voice was just completely fucked. I, it was awful. And then I got in a car wreck. So Mm -hmm. my brand new car is in the shop. They can't start work on it until they get a signature from me, but they basically are open the same hours that I work and they're closed on the weekends. That's really weird that uh, that's really weird. Yeah. Um, And now I'm getting a call from some 800 number that needs to talk about repairs on my Nissan. (sighs) Come on, life. You know, this would really be much easier if they just totaled your car. It really would. It really fucking would. But you know what really sucks is I haven't even got it titled in my name yet. Or paid my sales tax on it yet. Well, yeah, you haven't had it a month. I have. I got it April 15th. Oh. So I was just over the month when I got in my wreck. So did they give you a ticket for it? No. Okay. Yeah. I told them when the trooper came up to my window, because they were the first on the scene, I was like, this is my new car. I don't even have it 
titled and registered in my name yet. And he was like, it's a whatever. Yeah. You know. So. Hmm. Anyways, it's been a rough handful of days, but we're back. We're back. We haven't been gone, though. No. No. I mean, technically. Not in the listening world. No. Um, so you've had three weeks of Maura Murray. Does anyone have any thoughts and feelings on Maura Murray? They better have thoughts and feelings. Yeah, I mean, if you're listening to a podcast that predominantly does true crime, you should have thoughts. You should have come into the episode with original, like, preconceived thoughts. Absolutely. And I hope you left all of those episodes doubting all of your thoughts. Yeah, I hope now you are in agreement with our conclusions. Which we don't really have. Yeah. Our conclusions... I bet my neighbor is mowing. Well, we're going to have to go uh, beat them up. That guy's not even my neighbor. Unless my neighbor grew a beard. Goddamn dick with your mower. This is the neighbor who, whenever we were redoing our fence, I went over and said, hey, we're pulling down the fence. Please leave your dog inside until we get the new fence constructed. Just today, they they left the dog out the entire time. I don't know why people choose to just make things harder than they need to be. Yeah. I mean, I'm coming over here as a courtesy Yeah. to let you know I am rebuilding the fence. There's going to be no fence here. Yeah. I mean, we didn't let our dogs out. I took them out on a leash all day. Yeah, which is what they should have also done. Exactly. Come on. Common courtesy. Oh, I guess we better get to it. Yeah, we should start. We're doing a mystery today. Yes, a mystery that I had never heard of. It's pretty fun. Prior to this, yeah. It's a good one. Um, We're going to tell you the story of the Eileen Moore Lighthouse Keepers. Is that how you say it? I believe so. I think so. Eileen Moore lighthouse keepers um we haven't done like an actual mystery in a while so yeah this one's pretty good um eileen moore is an island off the north shore of scotland and it is part of the flannan islands that are in the same general area so uh yes this is international This is, well, we've done, we've done some international mysteries. Oh yeah, the Green Children of Woolpit was from the UK. Yeah, and then um, the Eastall Woman. Oh yeah, that was, what was that, Norway? Yeah. Yeah. So this isn't like our first international, it's just um, our first Scottish. Yeah, that is. So, what up Scotland? Yeah. Um, 
I can do history and you can do who were. Okay. Hold on. <clears throat> All right. So the Eileen Moore Island has an eerie history that stems back to the 7th century. That's fucking old. That's 600s. Yeah. So local and religious folklore believe that St. Flannan built a chapel on the island that he and a circle of his followers inhabited and worshipped on, thus the namesake of the seven isles surrounding the lighthouse, the Flannan Isles. St. Flannan. Although the island seemed to be the perfect place to establish a congregation, the worshippers believed in the island's supernatural powers. I'm going to wait until he passes again. I'm not seeing, like, any blips on our recording thing, but I have a feeling we're going to be able to hear it. Yeah. It was a place fueled by what many still believe was a place of fairies. This is, like, one of the, what makes the story the most fun is because there are fairies. Of course. Because of its reputation and the superstitions surrounding it, rituals such as circling the church on your knees were adopted by the locals. There was a definite presence, an aura that undeniably shrouded the island. We need to visit the Flannan Isles. We're going. This will be a part of our travel channel show. Right. Right. Doesn't this guy know? Look, it's in our window. Recording. Yeah. I don't know how he can't see that. I don't know how he can't see the sign. <laughs> Although the good saint tended his flock on Eileen Moore, his foundation was short-lived. It's rumored that the saint, along with his followers left the island due to supernatural sightings of fairy folk. The only thing the saint and his congregation left behind was his church and a flock of sheep because there was a good amount of grass for them to munch on. You just going to abandon the sheep like that? Yeah. Come I on, mean, Flannan. I mean, sure, there, there's food, but what about water? What about water? What about general human care? Yeah, I mean, sheep need to be tended. They need to be sheared. This is why you have shepherds. They're going to die from drowning in their own wool. That's right. And, you know, this is why border collies exist. At least leave a border collie. Yeah, I mean... I mean, and the border collie could teach himself how to, like, chew the hair off so they didn't have an overabundance of wool on them. That's a terrifying thought. Survival of the fittest, you know? Artie would love that flock of sheep. He would do a great job. He would... Absolutely. Just Artie on an island with some sheep? Fuck yeah. He would run the perimeter of the entire island. (laughs) That's his daily routine. I gotta run this. (laughs) I'll be back. Okay, who were the keepers? So, lighthouse keepers are... Or were a thing. I don't know if there are lighthouses that are still, like, fully operational. There probably are, but... They're probably controlled by, like, a computer, I'm sure. Yeah. And, I mean, the point of the lighthouse is to, like, signal to incoming ships that that's where the land is and where they can come into, like, through the mist or whatever. 
it's not super necessary anymore because of technology. I would like to be a lighthouse keeper. Same. I'm about to tell you what goes into it. Yeah. So, so I'm ready for the job description. Here's the job description. Now, this is what a lighthouse keeper actually does. Many people probably fantasize about living in a lighthouse, expecting an idyllic, peaceful life. It's simple to imagine a spiraling tower where at the top you can sip your coffee or tea while looking at the sunset over the ocean. But that's not really what the job of a lighthouse keeper is. It's not ocean gazing and quality time. It's a full-time job. The keepers live at the lighthouse 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And if you were a lighthouse keeper 100 years ago, there was seldom electricity or plumbing. Mm. Hmm. So for those of you like Emily who are dreaming of living in a lighthouse, you should consider the following. Being a lighthouse keeper is a 24-hour job. And basically is the equivalent of holding down a fort. <laughs> um, and according to a National Park Service, a keeper's shift usually began from 4 p.m. and went until dawn because, you know, the light in the dark right. type of thing. So from 4 p.m. to sunrise, you're at the top of the lighthouse watching for ships, turning on your light, whatever. And then the rest of the time, you're maintaining the lighthouse and the grounds that go with the lighthouse. But if there was a storm, the lighthouse keeper had to be stationed and tending the light until the storm passed. So they would have to continuously tend to the lighthouse in full uniform, which included pants, a vest, suit, jacket, and hat. I don't know why they needed to be wearing the hat, though. Yeah, I mean, there's no one around. Yeah, they're usually alone also, which... Okay. That would... I feel like that would make you crazy a little. I think there's a scary movie about a lighthouse keeper. That would make sense. Is it based it on is. this story? It fucking might be. Might be. Uh, so you have to be in full uniform. And if your uniform is neglected or worn inappropriately, that was a cause for a fine or termination. Fuck. So if you're not dressed in full garb, you're out. How do they, how would they know? How exactly? This is the this is the question. They're operating on the idea that at any point their boss could just show up. That is, I would not want to live that type of life. So they're on pins and needles at all times, making sure that their uniform is just so. Their lapels, they got the hat on. Mm, yeah. In case their boss randomly showed up, it's like the night the 1900s version of a random drug test. Oh, yeah. I wonder what type of hat we're talking. I'm envisioning, like, a bowler hat. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. That's a black bowler hat. That's what I envision. 
But if they're at a lighthouse, why are they dressed in all dark colors? Wouldn't you want them in, like, white so they could be seen? Yeah. Especially on an island? You would think. You know, just looking out for their safety. So after the lighthouse keeper dressed in their uniform, they would make their way up the lighthouse where the Fresnel lens was stationed. And the Fresnel lens is the heart of the lighthouse. The keeper would fill the lens with oil and wind a clock mechanism that would turn the lens and voila, voila, there would be light. That's intense. That's crazy, actually. It's not, you know, like a light bulb. Yeah. It's, That's lame. Yeah, it's weird. So there's, like, cogs and shit. This is getting way more intense than I thought it was. See, that's what I said at the beginning of the section. But what are we what are we thinking for a 21st century lighthouse keeper? Has to be a much more easy gig. It's got to be cuz everything's got to be electronic. Absolutely. And there's probably Wi-Fi there now. I would assume that you have Wi-Fi and like a flushing toilet. Got to have a flushing toilet. I Perhaps mean working a shower conditions. heads. Yeah. I mean there's laws against that now, right? Yeah. It's in the U.S., at least. I don't know about other countries. Well, yeah. Maybe they are like, fuck it, I don't care. Put that fucking hat on and go crank that thing. Dig your own latrine. Ooh. My chest hurts right here. Is there a bruise there? No. Feels bruisey. You have an under-the-muscle bruise. Oof. Is there a, is there even a muscle there? Has to be something there. I don't know. I, my, I just feel like, I just feel like the epidermis and then the bone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's hard. We're talking uh, chest right now. Yeah. Like right under the, the clavicle. Col- yeah. Is that what that is? That's the clavicle or the collarbone. Yeah. Or the decolletage. Yeah. My decolletage hurts. <laughs> <laughs> You know they make skincare specific to the decolletage now? You know, my mom has told me since I was little to always make sure you moisturize your elbows and right here so you don't get wrinkles right here from your boobs squishing up together. Yeah. I, Which, I'm i starting to get wrinkles there. I'm not moisturizing there as see. much as I should. Nice. I, I see it once in a while. I moisturize head to toe. I mean, Every I also day. do. Um, sometimes I don't remember to get this swipe. I pay most of my moisturizing attention is from forehead to, like, just under the boobs. Makes sense. This right here is where most of my moisturizing goes. And I use, well, obviously I have, like, my face skincare, which I always bring down to the decolletage. But I have a lotion that I use from Paula's Choice, one of my favorite brands. And it's a body lotion that also has like 10% AHA. Mm -hmm. So it's like a treatment lotion. And I use that like here, down. Every time I lotion my hands, like even like after washing my hands and shit, Mm -hmm. I get my elbows because there's nothing I hate more than a dry elbow. Yeah. I'll get, I don't, I get my elbows sometimes, they'll feel really dry, and I'm like, I need to 
yeah moisturize I get those and I work with all men so like I'll I have lotion in my desk drawer because after I wash my hands I have to lotion absolutely and so I'll like get back to my desk put lotion in my hands rub it in get my elbows and I just feel like all the dudes are like watching me like yeah and they can like smell the lotion because I have one scented one unscented and it's just whichever one I happen to grab. Yeah. And I feel like they can smell it. I need to go to Bath and or Bed Bath and Body Works or Bath and Body Works. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Me too. I I need to get some. I just candles. wish they made those fucking little hand lotions and a bigger size. Those yeah. are my favorite hand lotions. But they're like, here's seven squeezes worth of hand lotion. Yeah. Uh uh, anyway so anyways the, back to the lighthouses the lighthouse keeper so once he has put the oil in and wound the gears and the light has come on he has other choice chores to do with his dry ass hands he's got chores he can't wash his hands so they're probably not dry <laughs> the salt probably dries them out a little but oh yeah he, you know, he has to clean the lens, make sure that it remains clean and unobstructed by dirt or grime. And uh, he doesn't have family or any friends on the island where his lighthouse is, so he doesn't have to worry about that. He can just work the entire time. Yeah. Sometimes... A lighthouse might have an attached duplex meant for your family, but, you know, not always. Yeah. Yeah. And if you wanted a book or whatever, you could order a book from the catalog in which you order your food and your medical supplies. You were quarantined, basically. I don't know if this sounds great or awful. I think if you were a quarterly lighthouse keeper, it would be amazing. Yeah. Like, say, every three months, you went to the Flannan Isles to keep this lighthouse for one week. It would be fucking amazing. Yeah. As long as there's a toilet in the shower. It's got to be plumbing in this bitch. Right. Wi-Fi, whatever. If there's no, like, electronics in that sense, I could deal. I would just, you know, take books. Yeah, books and, oh wait, we got a DM. I draw the line at having to live sans bath. Yeah. So, as long as that was there and I could be there for just a week, I think it would be fucking cool. Be a good experience. It would be super relaxing, I feel like. You know, I can keep that lens clean. I'll sit up there and flash the light. Yeah. No big deal. Yeah. I'll read my book. I'll read like 10 books in that time. Absolutely. It would be great. Yeah. Let's do it. Any openings for quarterly lighthouse keepers that we can tend at the same time together for one week? That also has indoor plumbing. Yes. So just hit us up. Um, but on the Eileen Moore Lighthouse, there were three lighthouse keepers. 
That's a good deal. I'm wondering if there were three because it was such a remote island. Could be. And, like, as far as if there was a medical emergency, if you were out there on your own... You're fucked. You're... You're gonna die. Yeah. Essentially. So, they have three lighthouse keepers, and... In December of the year 1900, those three lighthouse keepers were James Ducat, Thomas Marshall, and Donald MacArthur. Those are our three keepers. James, Jim, wait, is Jim short for James? Yes. Jim, Tom, and Don. Jim, Tom, Don. Jim, Tom, Don. (laughs) Is this outer Hebrides? 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 Hebridus. <laughs> I don't know. I I see it and think Hebrides, just, but I'm also, like, thinking of Hercules, you know? Like the Euphrates and all of that. I I'm trying know. to think Scottish. Let's just fucking Google it. Hold Hebrides. on. Hebrides. Outer Hebrides pronunciation. Hebrides. You're fucking right. Hell yeah. Okay. All right. So now for the mystery. On the 26th of December in 1900, A small ship was making its way to the Flannan Islands in the remote outer Hebrides. Its destination was the lighthouse at Eileen Moore, a remote island which, apart from its lighthouse keepers, was completely uninhabited. Although it was uninhabited, the island had always sparked people's interest. Like we said earlier, it is named after St. Flannan, who was a 6th century Irish bishop who later became a saint. How do you become a saint? I guess you just have to be an all-around good guy. Do you have to be Catholic? Probably. Yeah. He built a chapel on the island, and for centuries, shepherds used to bring over sheep to the island to graze, but would never stay the night, fearful of the spirits believed to haunt that spot. God. Emily is probably dying. I'll see you all on the other side. I will be going to haunt uh, the Eileen Moore lighthouse. She's still going to host this as a ghost. Right. Obviously. Right. Captain James Harvey. That is such a captain name to me. It really is. He was born to be a captain. He was in charge of the ship, which was also carrying Joseph Moore, a replacement lifehouse keeper. Um, As the ship reached the landing platform, Captain Harvey was surprised not to see anyone waiting for their arrival. He blew his horn and sent up a warning flare to attract attention. There was no response. Joseph Moore then rowed ashore and (laughs) ascended. God damn it. That was beautiful. It was. Joseph Moore then rode ashore and ascended up the steep set of stairs that led to the lighthouse. 
According to reports from Moore himself, the replacement lighthouse keeper suffered an overwhelming sense of foreboding on his long walk up to the top of the cliff. I feel like any long walk to the top of a cliff has a little bit of foreboding. Absolutely. Once at the lighthouse, Thomas, no, Joseph noticed something was immediately wrong. The door to the lighthouse was unlocked, and in the entrance hall, two of the three oil-skinned coats were missing. He then continued on to the kitchen area where he found half-eaten food and an overturned chair, almost as if someone had jumped from their seat in a hurry. To add to this peculiar scene, the kitchen clock had also stopped. They have I, to, do they have to crank the clock, too? I guess. I mean, you know, back in the day, they would have to wind their watches, yeah. like, at specific points. Damn. So maybe they also had to wind this clock. Could be. When we were in Ireland, um, there was this one specific coffee shop that we would we went to several times. And on the walk there from our hotel, there was, uh, like, a Dublin clocks little Aww. shop. I don't know if it was actually open. I couldn't tell. Yeah. But I took a picture of the front of it because, duh, it looked super cool. Yeah. But I was like, hell yeah, clock store? Fuck yeah. So he then continued to search the rest of the lighthouse but found no sign of the lighthouse keepers. He ran back to the ship to inform Captain Harvey, who subsequently ordered a search of the islands for the missing men. No one was found. Harvey quickly sent back a telegram to the mainland, which in turn was forwarded to the Northern Lighthouse Board headquarters of Edinburgh, and the telegraph read, A dreadful accident has happened at Flannan's. The three keepers, Ducat, Marshall, and the Occasional, have disappeared from the island. On our arrival there this afternoon, no sign of life was to be seen on the island. Fired a rocket, but as no response was made, managed to land more, who went up to the station but found no keepers there. The clocks were stopped, and other signs indicated that the accident must have happened about a week ago. Poor fellows, they must have been blown over the cliffs or drowned trying to secure a crane or something like that. Night coming on, we could not wait to make something as to their fate. I have left Moore, McDonald, and Boymaster and two seamen on the island to keep the light burning until you make other arrangements. Will not return to Oban until I hear from you. I have repeated this wire to Muirhead in case you are not at home. I will remain at the telegraph office tonight until it closes if you wish to wire, wire me. A few days later, Robert, Robert Muirhead, the board's... What is that? Super... Superintendent? Yeah, I, I'm guessing it's something like superintendent, but it's a different word. Um, so Robert Muirhead, who was the board's, board's superintendent, uh, who both recruited and knew all three men personally, departed for the island to investigate the disappearances. There we go. Now we're going to talk about the investigation. But before that, uh, I want to revert back to the way they describe MacArthur in the telegraph, telegram, whatever it is. Uh, they call him the occasional. Yeah, that's weird. So I'm guessing he only goes out there occasionally. 
That sounds like what we're looking for. Yeah. We want to be occasionals. Yeah. We can put that in on Indeed and see what comes up. Yeah. I'm guessing that's kind of like a lighthouse keeper vernacular term. Could be. So we're looking to be lighthouse occasionals. If If you know anyone, let us know. If you know anyone looking. Okay. So now the investigation starts, obviously. What the fuck? Why do I keep getting text messages? No one should want to talk to me at this time of day. Why am I also sending an email? Um, Anyway, so the investigation. When Muirhead arrived on the island, his investigation of the lighthouse found nothing really over and above what Moore had already reported. With the exception of the log that the lighthouse keepers keep daily. Muirhead immediately noticed that the last few days of entries were unusual. On the 12th of December, Thomas Marshall, which was Thomas Marshall was the second assistant, wrote of severe winds, the likes of which I have never seen before in 20 years. He also noticed that James Ducat, the principal keeper, had been very quiet and that the third assistant... MacArthur had been crying. Hmm. Odd. I will note that in some articles, they refer to the occasional as William MacArthur, and some refer to him as Donald MacArthur. So, the Donald MacArthur I found in a newspaper clipping of the incident that was on the Historic UK website. So, I feel like Donald is probably correct, mm-hmm. but I don't know for sure. So, William Donald. I don't know. Um, so, yeah. Things were unusual in the days leading up to the disappearance. And um, what's strange about the final remark was that MacArthur was a seasoned mariner and was known on the Scottish mainland as a tough brawler. So why would he be crying about a storm? Hmm. Intrigue. Logs on December 13th stated that the storm was still raging and that all three men had been praying but why would three experienced lighthouse keepers safely situated on a brand new lighthouse that was 150 feet above sea level be praying for a storm to stop? They should have been perfectly safe. I assume storms on those islands are pretty regular. I would assume. It's the ocean. Yeah. Like, it's wild. Right. Um... Let's see. The final log entry was made on the 15th of December, and it simply read, Storm ended, sea calm, God is over all. What is meant by God is over all? It was strange. It had a strange finality to it, as if when writing it, MacArthur somehow knew it was his last message. Maybe? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like eerie-ish and I feel like his last entry was like not very descriptive. Yeah. Hmm. It is weird. God is over all. Like you're talking about how everyone's praying and crying and acting weird but then when everything's all good you just put storm ended sea calm. 
Yeah. There's not even... Not even any verbs in there. No. Just weird. Yeah. So after reading these logs, Muirhead's attention turned to the remaining oil-skinned cloak... Coat. Cloak. Oil-skinned coat that had been left in the entrance hall. Why, in the bitter cold winter, had one of the lighthouse keepers ventured outside without his coat? And furthermore, why had all three lighthouse staff left their posts at the same time when rules and regulations strictly prohibited this? Hmm. I'm guessing at least one keeper had to be in the lighthouse at all times. Yeah. Like, with the light, probably. Especially in a storm. Yeah. Because we already read that in storms, you have to stay at your post until the storm is ended. Exactly. So, it was unusual that three seasoned keepers would leave the lighthouse 100% unattended. Mystery. Further clues were found down by the landing platform. Here, Muirhead noticed ropes strewn all over the rocks, ropes which were usually held in a brown crate 70 feet above the platform on a supply crane. Perhaps the crate had been dislodged and knocked down, and the lighthouse keepers were attempting to retrieve them when an unexpected wave came and washed them out to sea. Uh... This was the first and most likely theory, and as such, Muirhead included it in his official report to the Northern Lighthouse Board. What would they be doing out there trying to get ropes for in a storm? Was there anything there that they needed to keep tethered? Um, I don't think they'd be like, oh shit, the ropes are out of the crate. Let's go out there in the storm and put them back. I'm wondering if the ropes were something that they had to use often if a ship came in. Yeah, I mean, that would be really the only reason to make those ropes a priority. When you're so afraid of a storm that yeah. you're crying and praying, yeah. I would give a fuck less about some ropes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And other people also question this explanation. In the Northern Lighthouse Board, they were kind of unconvinced. For one, why had none of the bodies been washed ashore? There we are. Why had one of the men left the lighthouse without taking his coat, especially since it was December in the outer Hebrides? Hmm. Good question. Why had three experienced lighthouse keepers been taken unaware by a wave? You would think they would anticipate waves of that magnitude in a storm that was that severe. Right. Mm. These are all good questions. And um, the most pertinent and persistent question that has been floated is the weather conditions at the times. The seas should have been calm. They were sure of this as the lighthouse could be seen from the nearby Isle of Lewis and any bad weather would have obscured it from view. So apparently, according to those on the Isle of Lewis, they could see the lighthouse the entire time. 
Hmm. So there wasn't actually a storm happening. This changes things. This makes everything different now. Mm -hmm. So um, what was actually going on here? And over the following decades, subsequent lighthouse keepers at Eileen Moore have reported strange voices in the wind calling out the names of the three dead men. Theories about their disappearance have ranged from foreign invaders capturing the men all the way through to alien abductions, obviously. Right. Whatever the reason for their disappearance, something was awry, and the three dudes were snatched from Eileen Moore. They just were. Whether by ferocious waters or extraterrestrials. Had to have been. Had to have been. All right. Now it's time for theories, which should be everyone's favorite portion. It's always my favorite portion. Yeah. So the first one, drowning. And that seems obvious. Yeah. I mean, they're surrounded by water. Um, so. Yeah. Rob, Muirhead, had something to say about the incident. He said, I am of the opinion that the most likely explanation of the disappearance of the men is that they had all gone down on the afternoon Saturday, 15 December, and a large body of water coming down upon them had swept them away with resistless force. Okay. Thanks, Rob. As we talked about, um, Rob had found all of those ropes on the landing platform, and it's believed that the men were on the platform trying to tie something down, and a wave grabbed them and swept them out to sea. And if that were to happen, they most likely would have drowned. Certainly. And this is, of course, plausible. But many people question why seasoned seafarers would have even wouldn't have taken the necessary precautions to prevent themselves from being swept off of the platform. That's a very good point. Right. But accidents do happen. Exactly. But why all three? Is it probable that not even one of the men would have managed to stay on the platform? I personally feel like if a wave large enough to come up and grab three men should have da- like left behind damage of some sort. And how are the ropes still on the platform? Right. I mean, if it's going to take all three men, wouldn't it take the ropes too? Right. And, and if the ropes were like tethered to something on the land and the guys were fucking with them, don't you think they would have held on to the ropes? Exactly. But there was no storm, right? The fuck is happening here? <sighs> this is crazy. So... Two out of the three oil coats were missing from the pegs, right? So, what happened to the third? Yeah, why was the third left in the lighthouse? Right. You would think that with that lighthouse having three people, it might be like a no-no to leave the lighthouse alone. Yes. If you look at the story from the keeper's point of view, it becomes a little clear. It's reasonable to assume that the first two keepers left and were gone for longer than usual. So the third one might have gone out to see if everything was okay. Perhaps the urgency of the situation, the fact that his, you know, fellow lighthouse 
peeps didn't return in a you know good amount of time. Mm-hmm. Encouraged the final lighthouse keeper, most likely Donald MacArthur, um, to race out into the storm and search for them, and just suffered the same fate. Yeah, because the scene also, aside from the fact that there was a coat still left hanging. There was also, like, a half-eaten meal in a chair that had been overturned, also. Right. Showing, like, someone was sitting there eating, and then something happened, and they jumped up and raced out. Yeah, I feel like in that situation, with, like, the food and the coat or whatever, okay, if you're this dude and you notice your friends, like, went out to do something or whatever, haven't come back... You're not just leaving like that. You're not like, oh, shit, they haven't been back in a long time. I'm Mm going to stop eating and not get my coat. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's more of a, like, sitting there, thinking about it. Should I go out and look for them? What's going on? What could they possibly be doing? Right. You're not eating your food, and you suddenly remember that they haven't returned, so you flee the scene to go find them. Right. So I don't know. That's weird. It is weird. And it's also weird to me that so like the wave theory if the theory is that all three men are on the platform and a wave comes in and washes them away i feel like the state of the lighthouse itself kind of contradicts that because if you have one guy in the lighthouse which clearly there was Mm -hmm. so this guy's in there eating Something had to have happened to draw his attention so urgently from what he was doing and to forget his coat and to knock over the chair and leave his food and all of that. So if he hears, like, maybe the other two screaming because of a wave, that means the wave has already crashed. Right. So what about the third guy? He wasn't down there when the wave hit. Yeah. So are you telling me a huge wave hits, he hears the screaming... He gets down there, and they're out in the sea, and another wave hits? (laughs) Is that what you're telling me? It doesn't make sense. It's like lightning striking twice. Yeah, in the same spot. Yeah. No, sir. That's... It's a weird one. So, okay, so obviously our next theory is homicide. This is pure speculation because there's no evidence of foul play of any sort. Although, the state of the lighthouse, I mean, the knocked over chair. Yeah. You know, that's... A little sign of a struggle. I mean, a little bit of a struggle. So, you know. But, um, it homicide always has to be on the table. Always. Always. So, these three men were working out on this island with no one else. They were out there by themselves. That we know of. That we know of. There could have been a serial killer. Sure. Um, it's possible... That a squabble broke out and there was a murder. Of course, this is always possible. So let's just say that two of the men were maybe ganging up on the third guy. So let's say Ducat and Marshall are ganging up on MacArthur for whatever reason. And MacArthur has a psychotic break and kills both of them. And he drops their bodies into the sea. And then jumps into the sea himself in a murder, murder, suicide. Could be. I mean, this would explain the 
lack of storm being witnessed at the Isle of Lewis. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the coat and the meal, you know. Could have been staged. Could have been staged. Or, you know, he could have been sitting there eating by himself. They come in, he jumps up, knocks over his chair, struggles with them. Maybe they were outside, so they already had on their coats, and he was inside, so he didn't have on his coat. Right. You know? Boom. He kills them, drops them in in their coats, and he's already out there, so he's not going to go back to get his coat to go back and jump in the sea. He just jumps in. This is, I mean, something to think about. Yeah. You never know. Or perhaps there was a crew of pirates that arrived and took the three men and either killed them or kept them for slaves or whatever. Since there didn't seem to be anything missing except the men, this seems unlikely because I assume pirates are there to pillage if right. they're making a stop. So, um, And I feel like lighthouses probably weren't a focus of theirs what's gonna be there yeah it's an uninhabited island they're not really gonna find much i i don't think no so it seems unlikely that it would be pirates but you never know you gotta keep it out there you gotta keep it out there um next fairies this theory goes back to saint flannan's congregation stating that there had been fairy folk on the island and that this was their reason for leaving it um, there was nowhere mentioned that there were, like, negative interactions with fairy folk, but they were clearly afraid of them. That's a very, like, fairy lore is a big thing in that part of the world. Yeah, yeah. So, I feel like it's just as possible as pirates. You know what? I feel like... Fairies might be more possible than pirates. I mean, buccane. Yeah. So, in this theory, it's speculated that the three keepers were taken by the fairies. Um, Whether the fairies just killed them or took them to their realm, it's not really stated anywhere, because how would we fucking know? How would we know? Um, Have you seen the girl on TikTok that I wrote this section about? I think, haven't you sent videos to me? I probably have. She has like a... Like a master's degree in folklore or whatever. That's awesome. Yeah, so I she love that. educates the masses on fairies. That would be fucking cool. Yeah. Because uh, like we've said before, I mean, a lot of people think of fairies as like a Tinkerbell situation. Yeah. But there's a lot of lore on fairies being like full fucking sized people Yeah. She talks about how like... Because of fantasy literature, now people's idea of, like, fairies and fae are, like, humans. Like, kind of Tolkien elves mm-hmm. sort of thing. Like, Orlando Bloom-ish. Right. But she said a lot of the fae are, like, terrifying monsters that look like characters from Pan's Labyrinth. Like, the guy with the hands and the eyes, right? Mm-hmm. She said that's more like what you're going to run into if you're... If you... You know, stand inside of a fairy circle. Well, let's try it. 
Because she, like, in this video that I watched of hers recently, she talks about fairy circles and how, like, if you're walking around in the woods or whatever and you see, like, a circle of flowers or a circle of mushrooms, that it's a fairy circle. Mm -hmm. And don't, like, stand in it. Just leave it alone. Because that's where a fairy will, like, trap you. And then take you wherever. And she's like, don't go looking for fairy circles. You don't want the fairies to trap you or come... You know, you never want to just leave the fairies alone because they're not ripped dudes that are like six foot five with pointed ears. They just aren't. <laughs> you're you're gonna get the hands guy from Pan's Labyrinth, and that's yeah, just not it. the Night Court Prince from Akatar. You're not. You're not. Which is unfortunate um, for people trying out fairy circles. Yeah, that's that's what they're w- hoping for. Yeah. Or a beautiful, long-haired lady with a perfect sprinkle of freckles and mm-hmm. pointed ears. Yeah. No, they're not going to... That's not what you're going to get. They're not going to take you back and transform you into a fairy. I'm it's sorry. It's unfortunate. It is unfortunate because I feel like um, I would take them up on that offer. Yeah. I think I could rock pointed ears. Let's just stand in one together and see what happens. You know what? Yeah. Come what may. Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> I mean, the state of the earth right now makes me I would, kind of want to go on a fairy circle quest. I would rather have hands for eyes at this point. You know what? True. How useful could that be? Your your range of vision right. broadens immediately. Because now I can look wherever I can put my hands. And think of how many problems I would solve. Yeah. Hey, I'm watching you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think it's, I think it's time for Maddie to wrap it up with the last theory. Yeah. And you, you already knew this was coming. It's aliens. Right. So. You don't know us very well if this surprises you. Yeah. We really don't need to elaborate on that either. No. I mean, obviously if we say aliens, you know, abduction. Yeah. Duh. Um, so hopefully they're having fun up there. Yeah, because, come on, it's the truth. It's a, It was, they either got caught in a fairy circle or they were abducted by aliens. Yeah. It explains everything. Absolutely everything. It all makes perfect sense logically exactly. and scientifically. Um, but if you're wondering what has happened to the lighthouse since, it still stands. Yeah. So... Of course, locals like to indulge in the popular folklore that the men were swept away to another world. Guilty. You know, whether they were swept away by a storm-induced wave or taken by mysterious fairy folk that good old St. Flannan saw, it doesn't really soften the fact that three men were lost. Yeah. So. Very sad. Their bodies have never been recovered. And they just disappeared. Yeah. So... Um, in the vein of trying to remain positive, we would like to think that they were taken by nice fairies. Yeah, like pretty fairies. Pretty Tolkien fairies. And that they're now living with those fairies and they've been, you know, they've been changed into fairies themselves and they get to live forever. Yeah, and they have little fairy children. Yeah, some of them maybe have powers yeah their ears are pointy that's the real i really just want the pointy ears so 
Yeah. And like cool colored eyes probably. Yeah, yeah. They probably have really cool colored eyes and great clothes. Amazing hair. And they can get away with wearing like just robes. Yeah, if anyone was wondering, um, we pretty much hate our existence as human beings, so. (laughs) (laughs) Being a human is just so lame. It is. I just don't know how we got stuck with this. Yeah. Almost anything can kill us. Almost anything. I saw a TikTok the other day, and it was like, uh, show me the quote. I think I sent it to you. Like, show me a quote by someone that, like, caught you off guard or something. And it was Steve-O. And he was like, being a human is the biggest prank ever. (laughs) Because our entire life, we are just fighting to survive when we know that inevitably we're just going to die. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck, Steve-O. Yeah. That was deep as shit. So, being a human is lame. Yeah. And... If you don't hear from us in the next several weeks, it's because we have found a fairy circle and we have unfortunately either been captured by force and evil or we've been captured and just turned into cool ass fairies. Yeah. They made us an offer we could not refuse. Yeah. So here comes the fucking lawnmower again. This guy with his, how long does it take? Our yards are not that big. He should have had this section done so long ago. I know. Jesus. I have stickers for you. I forgot your stickers and your poster. Our poster. Fuck. Fucking A. Well, um, it's time to wrap it up. We've... I think we've already expressed our thoughts, our final thoughts and opinions on what happened here. Yeah. It was fairies or aliens, and I'll hear nothing to the contrary. Yeah, really, any mystery we do, it's probably fairies or aliens. <laughs> so <laughs> We're going to have to get, like, put that on a shirt. It yeah. was either fairies or aliens. <laughs> I need to start making designs for merch. Yeah. And it can be shit like that, too. Yeah. So Just, like, just the words. Just the words. It was either fairies or aliens. That has to be, like, our new tagline. It literally, every single mystery we've ever done, I think we come to the conclusion that it was aliens. We're missing people. (laughs) They're missing aliens. (laughs) I just don't know how we haven't been hired on somewhere. I just don't know why investigative teams do not reach out to us. I really don't (laughs) understand because we are clearly qualified to be putting in our two cents we are solving shit left and right here yeah it's like no one really understands our hard work exactly it we have thought about a lot to come to these conclusions so yeah it took us minutes to come to this conclusion (laughs) i mean it's really a no fucking brainer (laughs) i agree if we all just accepted the inevitable we would be much happier yeah that's my fucking (laughs) wi-fi name at my house it was the aliens yeah I mean, <laughs> people, the the Wi-Fi router names, are, like, on my block are mine. It was the aliens. And then there's one that's <laughs> two chicks, one router. <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny. Oh, I would love for us to have a block party. Dude. I'd be like, which one of you is two chicks, one router? <laughs> Who's the alien one? <laughs> Our... 
Wi-Fi name is April and Artie. That's adorbs. And then I'm not going to tell you our Wi-Fi password. No. I was just going to say it. And then I was like, <laughs> no, I shouldn't do that. But at our old apartment, our old Wi-Fi, I think, was just like Greer said well. But the password was baby puppy April. <laughs> and a guy came over to like... <laughs> Uh, like upgrade our router mm-hmm. to a new version and he says what's your wi-fi password and i was like it's baby puppy april and he looked at me and he was like sure <laughs> <laughs> and she was i had her in the kennel we didn't have Artie yet and i just had april in the kennel and she did not like that this stranger was in our apartment and she was just like standing at the door of the kennel like and he's like that's baby puppy (laughs) sure oh i love that i love seeing wi-fi names it's like surveillance number six fbi van number four yeah Yeah. all right well that's enough that's enough um ariel thank you for your hard work and dedication on our theme song yeah appreciate it Uh, always Subscribe to the show, please, for the love of God. If you are listening and you haven't subscribed, that's really rude and inconsiderate and of it's, you. It's confusing for you as a listener. Yeah. Just hit the plus button. Yeah, because you know what? It's You're going to play this episode, and then if we have more after this, which we will, it's not gonna, they're not going to play. You're not going to know that they exist. Right. And if you stop this mid-ep and try to come back to it in a few hours, you're not going to know where you paused it. Yeah. Not going to work for you. Just subscribe. Just do it. Jesus. And rate us five stars because you know what? That takes no effort on your part. On Spotify and on Apple Pods. It's really the bare minimum. So it, Absolutely. I mean, just click. Boom. Just You've do rated. your fucking part. Please. <laughs> it will really help us for our algorithms. <laughs> yeah. But we love you all very much, so... If we haven't said that in a while, we actually do. Yeah, don't get it twisted. We're not super affectionate people, but... Yeah, I mean, we talk a lot of shit, but we just we just really want what's best for you. That's right. And honestly, you need to become concerned whenever we just start ignoring you. Right. That's when you know that we don't like you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But since we're here talking shit, shit to you, and I'm stuttering through it... <laughs> we're really hurt about this, We're okay? so hurt. <laughs> uh anyway so that's the end of this episode yep um it's a lot longer than i thought and this happens so often i yeah i know um we did a maura murray episode in under an hour and this one is an hour and 18 minutes yeah i'm gonna have to edit this on like full speed (laughs) yeah it's it's gonna be shorter than this but anyway so um you know While we're out here living our lives not in the fairy realm, just be kind to each other. And stay weird. Okay, goodbye!